Okay, so I am here with Michael Ronan. Uh, I was, I, you gave me an email out of nowhere, and I was actually just curious, how did you discover me or get in touch with me? Yeah, it's, um, <clears throat> so your, your uh, podcast actually fits a very sort of niche um, uh, position out there in internet land. Um, it's it's a combination of things which are spiritual and things which are growth oriented and which kind of meshes um, what I call you know growing up and waking up you know the spiritual side of becoming mature and also the human side of becoming mature. So uh, yeah, so um, it's, it's 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 sorry, I, I was just um, it's 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 going to be a little tricky talking on the internet, definitely, but uh, over Zoom. But so your I guess goal essentially was to sort of reach out to people who share these ideas and to talk with them. Exactly, and um, yeah. you know, my my goal really is to um, approach and talk to um, men of your age who consider themselves conscious, basically. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. So with that in mind, um, this whole idea of being conscious, and yeah. in in your case with your book, being a conscious man. Um, so, yeah, how did this all come to be? Why are you talking about this? And and what's your sort of backstory? What happened in your life to sort of like initiate getting into this kind of stuff? Oh, my God, that's such a <laughs> there's so much. My life has basically led me down so many different avenues. Um, I'm I've been a professional actor. Uh, I've been a teacher. I've been an account manager for a website development company. Uh, let's see, I've been a baker, a farmer. I've worked in publishing and in banks and in the government and and a whole lot more. Um, and, you know, I've worked in high paying jobs, which uh, were soul destroying and low wage jobs, which were actually really challenging and creative. Um, but, you know, behind all of that stuff, which I did just to generate an income, which may or may not have been a particular interest to me, my passion is, has been my thirst for knowledge. Um, I'm, what's, I'm what's called a philomath, which is um, a philomath is, is like a, it's a learner of loving and uh, a learner of a lover of learning and studying. And, you know, I, I love to uncover and discover things which generally speaking are not part of the the collective awareness so i've never been interested in becoming a subject matter expert you know like ending up in a college or academia somewhere and, and just writing scholarly papers so i prefer instead to develop broad understandings of a variety of subject areas and um so i spent two years writing this book and um to synthesis my synthesize my research and my thoughts into about uh, seven or eight hours of solid reading. It's a good hefty tome of a book, um, and I'll do my best to synthesize that down into essentially an hour of a conversation with you, Cameron. Okay, awesome. That's I'm honestly really excited because, I mean, as a young man, um, I don't know. There, there's a lot of I'd say struggles that are very under the cover that not a lot of people are talking about whatsoever. And it's not to say that because I suffer, no, you know, 
people who are not like me don't suffer. You know, it's everybody suffers, but it's right. yeah. What what I'm really interested in talking about today is again the the idea of a conscious man, what that means, and also the idea of a conscious human in general, and yeah. what's the difference yeah, yeah. between you know conscious female, conscious male, and exactly. masculine feminine energy. I'm sure we're gonna get into that as well. So yeah, yeah. Uh, take it away, I guess. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I'm particularly interested in your generation because it's. You're growing up in uh, times which were very, very different from the times I grew up in. And there are pressures and obstacles which you guys are now facing in your lives, which are enormous, uh, far, far more so than traditional men experienced when they grew up. So many men these days are, you know, experiencing a crisis of masculinity. Um, the, these days, men as a whole are actually now considered contemptible by society you know this they're subject to claims of their masculinity being toxic or of having male privilege or patriarchal privilege or being uh, violent abusers or potential rapists um fathers these days are, are subject to what's called divorce rape um and having their sons and daughters removed from their lives by the courts after divorce. Um, the presence of men in colleges um, has been declining for probably about two decades now. And the thing is that the, the guys that make it into college are, are, are one step away from a false allegation of sexual abuse and a college tri tribunal, which they now have, um, which has a... Um, a burden of proof far far weaker than in a criminal court and um, male students can then be summarily expelled from colleges levels of testosterone these days are decreasing male suicide is increasing vastly more than women um, and you know certainly finding good meaningful well-paid work in these times while at the same time juggling student debt um, is becoming just too much to bear. It's harder and harder. And of course, you know, there's the, the evergreen problem of how to find sex, love, and a good woman um, that all men have to struggle with. Um, so my hope in writing this book is to equip those men with the, the tools, the, the, um, the intellectual, emotional, and spiritual tools uh, that they need to meet the the journey their journeys through life yeah yeah i definitely resonate with some of the things that you were talking about especially my generation i think we were we were raised in a very strange way where um you're not i don't know at least for myself i was sort of rewarded in anything that i did to uh not be like the manly alpha male rude arrogant guy so if i was right. sweet and and i talked to people and i uh i don't know if i was just like soft and and it's weird i'm not trying to put down those traits but it seems as though there's a deficit like this sort of like yearning when i talk uh or sorry not when i talk when i watch videos on youtube of people talking about masculine energy and like really honing in on that as a man it's uh it's such an attractive trait to me because I can tell that it's something that is 
definitely like I've been deprived of because I thought any amount of that is toxic, is rude, is arrogant, is egotistical, is, you know, controlling or whatever. So, you know, so again, uh, how do, how do we hone in on the idea of a conscious man? And especially like, how do you flip that from seeing those traits as toxic, negative, and, um, you know, it, they'll hurt people to something that is strong and courageous and like will help people and you have the energy to serve and the confidence to go and do what you got to do and whatever those male traits are how do you sort of flip that with all these problems that are happening especially in the like collective conscious of the western world right right um there, there are three things that are occurring to me right now the, the first two i'll just touch on briefly but the first one is that there is a war on masculinity going on right now, which we can get into. Um, the other one is that those aspects of masculinity, which are considered toxic by society are actually the result of uh, emotional wounding. And we can get into that later as well. But the first thing to say is that masculinity itself is as valuable and as, if you like, as neutral as femininity. They're two sides of the same coin. Um, but we don't identify femininity as having toxic aspects at all in our culture. It's a very good so, point, actually. I never, like, we really don't regard feminine energy or femininity as toxic whatsoever. It's so strange how um, it's one of those, like, subconscious things that we don't realize. I just had an aha moment there, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, the same thing is true. I mean, I don't like to talk about toxic masculinity because I don't think it's a real thing. I I think that we, that masculine, well, men and their masculine nature has been wounded by how society has treated men. You know, personally, I I grew up with a a father, a stepfather who was a complete asshole. He was um, an enraged human being. He was uh, a a warlock. and it took me a long, long time to come back to my masculinity because I completely disowned it. I thought to myself, well, fuck, if this is what men are like, I want nothing to do with men. This is absolutely abhorrent. Um, but the, the, the traits, the mas- masculine traits, which, um, I'll, I'll just rattle a few off. So um, um, it would be like uh, self-disciplined, strategic, grounded, structured, rigorous, uh, direct, mission focused. Uh, um, uh, the, 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 the concept of authority is, is also a part of a masculine trait. Um, and, so, uh, so all these traits really are from the sounds of it, they're, they're just kind of tools in a way that can be used for positive things or negative things things like being direct you could be directly rude exactly yes (laughs) yeah i mean that these are elemental energies which uh men carry in themselves and they have carried since the beginning of time if you like and you can see them across other species as well other male males in other species um so masculinity itself is a penetrative penetrative energy it's a very difficult word to say that it's an energy which penetrates um it's outwardly directed um and it's a force which alters or 
develops or modifies or recasts the environment for good or bad. And its opposite, femininity, uh, receives, surrenders, flows with change, either wisely or unwisely. Um, now, of course, you know, that as a man, we, we also have feminine aspects within us, and women also have masculine aspects within them. But generally speaking, men are more masculine and women are more feminine, and that's kind of what you would expect. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, th certainly we have certain masculine things which have been socialized into us. Like, you know, you've probably heard of the phrase, like, be, be a man. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you, as, but, you, even just the idea of like being hit by a girl, like, oh, you got hit by a girl. <laughs> but you know what? We, we never hear we never hear the word be a woman because that that's a good sense. point. And that suggests that manhood is not is, is not automatically granted just by have virtue of having a penis. Well, so you said um, you kind of listed off these male traits. So when you say be a man, you could imagine those traits being used for productive things. Um, what are the female traits? And in that case, when you say be a woman, what would that even mean? So the trait, the, the, I call them the divine feminine traits. They're divine masculine traits and divine feminine traits. Um, and again, these are aspects of femininity which have been present over millennia. Um, such traits as um, receptivity, surrendering, allowing, accepting, letting go, uh, love, nurturing, compassion, uh, softness, uh, fertility, harmony, uh, insight, um, like knowing-based wisdom, you know, just a sense of knowing, um, sensuality, you kind of get the feel of those feminine traits. Um, and of course, you, as a man, I have many of those traits as well. Um, and so do many men, but, but these are considered quintessentially feminine traits. Okay. So, all right, with this in mind, there's a few things I want to get into. First of all, is the, uh, obviously the emotional aspect to it in your sort of psyche, what traits are you rejecting what traits do you want but you see as toxic like for myself like i said earlier i'm attracted to those male traits not in somebody else but i want to be that you know i see somebody else embodying that and i think to myself wow when i remember that i'm a man like that's not even that's a weird statement to me because obviously right. i'm young but like just the yeah. idea of just thinking of myself as a man is so strange um <laughs> so there's obviously that emotional sort of conditioned mind aspect to all this and this war on masculinity that's happening as you say but then there's that other side that i want to get into later which is uh the biological you know shortness of uh or shortage of testosterone that you were talking about or low testosterone that that's happening and sort of what's causing that what we could do to fix that but yeah uh, we could start with that sort of conditioned um part of ourselves yeah so so from the time we're born we're basically conditioned by society. Um, so part of the premise of my book is to come into contact with what I call true nature. And this is fundamental to being a conscious man. Uh, I define true nature as our original instructions given to us by whatever you want to call it, God, universe, source, or whatever. Um, and these instructions direct us to 
give our greatest gift to the world. Um, so since they're inherent, uh, I should say that, well, let me give you, um, in the book I give an analogy um, of uh, an intrinsic aspect which is contained within the acorn. That, that intrinsic aspect is the oak tree itself. It's contained within the acorn. And so we start out on life on, on the path to realizing what is actually encoded in our beingness, not just to the genetic level, but at the energetic level. And uh, that's our true nature. Um, and we organize our life so as to become the fullest expression of our true nature and making that the number one priority. So a man's purpose in life is to put into practice the potential that he is developing or, or has developed based firmly on the truth of his nature and his core principles. So, you know, oftentimes we say to ourselves, well, what is the, what is, what is the meaning of life? What, what should I do with my life? And that's kind of the wrong question to ask, in my view. Um, a better question is, is to ask ourselves, well, what is life trying to do with me? What is nature trying to do with me? If I have this intrinsic aspect in my organism, the question really is, how can I fully realize that intrinsic aspect? So, you know, the oak tree doesn't say to itself, well, how the hell can I become an, el an elm tree? You know, it's not destined to become an elm tree. It's encoded in its beingness is an oak tree. Um, so, I, yeah, I love that point because um, it's almost as if like, yeah, that you're born with all of that. Not your destiny is decided, but sort of like your DNA is, you know, right. decided from day one. And you're obviously not a 30 year old man, but your DNA knows exactly what that's going to be. And you'll exactly. adapt sort of like the oak tree. If, uh, you know, if there's a huge cliff right beside it, it will adapt to the cliff, but it's still an oak tree. Um, right. And it's a good point how we sort of go through life um, destined to be an oak tree. But because of what we've seen in that conditioned self, we decide right. to be something else, something that we're not. And it may feel right, I guess, intellectually because of your conditioning. But I... But I think I definitely think that there's something within us, and I, I'm sure this is to your point that uh, that knows deep down uh, the direction to go to, and that's sort of the that guidance, I guess, so to speak, from uh, what people call God, source, energy, whatever it is. Definitely right. So uh, exactly, and that's so well put. It's about our environment as well. You know, we we do have this inherent energy within us, but we can either be thwarted in our efforts or else find an environment which is truly supportive of becoming uh, the fullest human being and, the, and uh, acquiring the fullest potential within our lives. I mean, in life, I think of it, you know, we're, we're, we're in a game, a game of cards and we're dealt the cards in life and we're either dealt a, a good hand or a crappy hand and we have to play out our hand no matter what the cards we've been dealt. And we do it to the best of our ability. Um, a lot of the book goes into why modern men have been dealt crappy hands um, and what we can do about it. But okay, so... Oh, sorry, if you're... 
Yeah, no, I understand. That's <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, there's, so, there's so much to talk about here, of course. I know. Yeah, I know. And I want to sort of cover as much as we can. So you talk about being dealt a crappy hand, especially modern man. So if mm-hmm. you could just sort of hover quickly over what these things are, these things that are sort of um, stunting the masculinity. Sure. Um, yeah, there are a number of things. Uh, which I go into the book, I'll, I'll just sort of like give one or two s- sentences. Um, so one is, one is our childhood, how we've been treated in our childhood by our parents, and that profoundly affects who we are as men, which we kind of t- touched on earlier on. Um, another is the society that we find ourselves in, and there there is a war on consciousness, um, and um, there there entities out there which seek to control how we think and behave in this world and we have to reconcile ourselves with that um i also um talk about feminism in the book uh, i actually used to be a, f- a feminist uh for 30 years i was a, i was a feminist and um uh i you know even to this day i place an emphasis on men and women treating each other with compassion and kindness and respect um, so that you know we can together produce a culture which fosters well-adjusted human beings. But um, being conscious involves seeing things as they really are, and the feminist movement adversely affects men's life circumstances. And we can get into that more as well, if you like. Yeah. Um, okay. So we have all these things, sort of making it real hard to be a conscious man. Uh, yeah. Especially, especially modern men, for sure. So, say, you know, if, but, but I guess if if you know, I'm 22 years old. I'm a young man in a society that condemns masculine traits, and um, I grew up with some like nasty men in my life, and I didn't, yeah. I didn't like the way they their behavior and stuff like that. So, and I love my mother to death. Uh, And obviously I love my father. Don't get me wrong, but you know, my mother's like warm embrace was what was like my salvation growing up. Um, So, you know, how do we go from where we are right now to that conscious man? I know you said the first step is seeing things for what they are. So where do you go from there? Yeah. Um, so I guess, I guess, uh, I'm, so we're kind of getting to what a con- what is a conscious man. And I guess before we start getting into that, I should talk about what an unconscious man is. Um, and it may be the sort of men you've encountered in your life as well. You may consider them unconscious men, but the unconsciousness is where we hand over our minds to other people. Um, and you know, even though we can experience life consciously, it seems that we're largely predisposed to certain scripts and um, narratives, internal and external, which seem to favor a state of unconscious thought and behavior. Um, being unconscious is to lack free will, which is to be like to, it's like to be operating from um, a place of automation. Um, and those people who are unconscious are the, the individuals who have not questioned their programming um, to any great extent. 
um, and they place a great deal of their identity on labels and particular ideas which they've fallen in love with, you know, like make America great again or uh, hope and change or whatever it is, you know, and that's how they define themselves by these labels. Um, so you so say, um, um, you said something that really sparked something, which was the lack of free will sort of yeah. makes you unconscious. And it's interesting wow. too, because if somebody's li living from that, uh, you know, so you could, you could literally picture, picture a person and this person lives for the opinions of others yeah. and A or B happens to them and you right. can literally predict exactly what their reaction would be. But if they were a conscious person, then it's, it's like, oh, who knows what direction they'd go in. And it just, it really, that's a really good point I never thought of is that when you're living from ego, so to speak, where you're constantly trying to seek your security and happiness outside of you then it's pretty obvious the direction you're heading and it's exciting to know that when you're conscious you uh i mean the the possibilities are pretty much endless exactly this is the exciting thing about being a conscious man is that you get to challenge yourself um you asked you, you, you know you, you may have heard the phrase um the truth can say the truth will set you free. But the thing is, before the truth can set you free, it, it you have to be wise enough to ask yourself what programming and what distortions and illusions you're carrying inside yourself. What are, What's holding you hostage from seeing the truth as it really is? And yeah, because so, it could even be the truth. But when it bounces around in your brain, it could, uh, yeah, it could be refracted and distorted. <laughs> yes, I, I love it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we want to in investigate our belief systems and our limiting ideas about ourselves and our thoughts um, and to get in touch with the process of our thinking. So not just our thinking, but actually how do we think? What is the process of our thinking? And find, finding ways to catch ourselves from buying into falsities and transcending our unconsciousness and our biases and our ignorance. So the journey of a conscious man is, is really about the cultivation of his soul. Um, and, uh, you know, the more aware we are, the more our consciousness increases, the more um, things make sense to us and the better decisions that we make in life and the more aligned with um, what is, um, the less delusional and confused we become. So... You know, I love to think about how, I mean, th this is my, you know, you know how we get triggered by certain things in life, you know, something makes us happy or sad or angry or passionate in some sense. And it's really for the conscious man, the, the unconscious is his playground. He becomes um, curious about stuff that um, previously was unknown to him and somehow it, it emerges from the soup of his unconscious into the light of day um, in the form of triggers or emotional uh, reactions. And it then it offers him an opportunity to become his own private investigator, the private investigator of his own organism. That's so interesting. I definitely, when you say playground, it almost seems like there's an unconscious man and there's a conscious man 
they're both in the same world, same triggers and such. Yeah. But one's playing by a different rule book than the other and and the other sort of like sees through these sort of like illusions and such like you said that allows them to experience all these triggers good and bad but it's more of that free-flowing playground sort of you're on top of life rather than life being on top of you yeah you're surfing the waves of your emotions whereas the Mm -hmm. unconscious man um in fact the the word for the unconscious man that carl jung the the swiss psychologist came up with was mass man m-a-s-s mass man and when when mass man gets angry, he does one of two things. He either suppresses and denies his own anger and doesn't try and find out where it's coming from in his organism, or else he puts that anger on somebody else. It's their, it's their fault that I'm angry. Um, that, that's, that marks you know, a key difference between the mass man and conscious man. So this unconscious man sort of has two aspects in the sense where masculine is sort of like uh, pushed down into the shadow or right. the masculine is sort of just like unhealthily, unhealthily expressed, right? There's like two aspects. I think for myself, if I was, you know, an extremely unconscious man, it would be absolute suppression of masculine energy. But I know some people who are, you know, if they're unconscious, they're going to hurt people. They're going to lash out and such. Right. Yeah, I talk a little bit about uh, traditional men in the book. Um, so the, these, you know, these are the kind of uh, the John Wayne type of men who are all spine and no heart. And nowadays, uh, a lot of men are all heart and no spine, which is, you know, that's also a problem for ma- for masculinity. But I do um, offer a criticism of traditional men because, you know, they. And this is not a harsh criticism because um, they they were good guys. They, they they exemplified qualities such as like sacrifice and duty and industriousness, all in the service of of their families, um, their children, and their country. Um, the problem with traditional men is that they were so busy surviving and protecting and providing for others that they left behind um they left a part of themselves behind in order to get the job done they left behind their humanity well actually i should say they left behind their feminine essence um they left behind their hearts they would their heart was too busy to have a heart which is a phrase i love i actually stole it from brene brown who's an author on on vulnerability that um it's such a beautiful phrase, and it so typifies traditional men. Uh, the, these men were, were, their hearts were too busy to have a heart. Mm, I, I love that because I yeah. definitely see it all over the place, mostly in uh, my my father's generation. You know, right, uh, right. what is that baby boom around there? Um, and they, yeah, they're just busy, and it's weird too because, you know, my mother's way of expressing love was you know, sacrifice, definitely sacrifice. I remember her saying multiple times, like my kids go first, always, always, always. And, and so hearing that all the time as a child, you look at your mom and you're like, okay, I feel safe with this person. 100%. If I need safety, this is the lady to go to. Um, and 
my father, the way he expressed his love really was hard, hard work. And it was sacrifice, but to a level, to a level that, uh, I guess is unseen. He's sort of like the unseen hero who right, pays the bills, right. but you don't see bills. Human, like little children don't know what bills are. Um, and so you see your mother as like this absolutely nurturing person. Your father is this person who's absent, but yet he's really making that heavy sacrifice of working 70 hour weeks. Um, and so I guess that for myself, when it comes to my balance between masculine and feminine, it's probably, you know, the reason I lean towards feminine um, naturally, not naturally, but because of the way I've been conditioned is just that, you know, I saw, I, my mother's love was out in the open and my father's right. love was in the shadows. Right. Yeah. Um, two things that occurred to me there. One is that, um, when you think about your, that, that sort of, that sort of traditional male, um, I, I feel a lot of empathy for him because he had to give up so much of himself he had to sacrifice himself at the altar of duty and and uh, providing and uh, essentially you know he was he's a disposable man he's only he's, he was a, a human doing rather than a human being um, yeah and it's tragic really exactly um you know he he sacrificed the connection and the love that he could have in order to go away from the home, earn a living and spend, you know, all that time competing and sweating in, in the world of work in order to earn money to, prov to, and to provide that money to his woman and his children. That's a beautiful thing to do. Um, but it, there's also a level of self-sacrifice, which is unhealthy, too. Yeah. So what is, you know, what is the balance between um, sacrifice, self-sacrifice, right? And also, you know, doing things for yourself to make sure that your life is okay. Right, right. Well, that, that's the society those men grew up in. <clears throat> and, you know, we're changing. We're, we're, we're recognizing that that's not serving modern men, but modern men are also facing very, very different problems. Um, men today are internalizing the idea that their very maleness, their masculinity itself, is something that is un unhelpful to the world, um, if not if not harmful. And also um, in excess, right? They feel like, oh, who needs yeah. another man in the world? Exactly. It, it, yeah. You know, it's becoming part of the identity of modern men. that They've taken on board this notion of toxic masculinity whereby they see themselves almost as a toxic substance which has to have a warning label on the side of it before anyone should will consume it um you know nowadays they don't derive their sense of manhood from other men uh, because many young men have never had never encountered a male role model that they felt comfortable with uh, either a father figure or a mentor in their childhood who took a direct and positive interest in their lives and helped them become the man that they were destined to be. So men, uh, modern men are becoming softer in nature over time and more compliant, more accommodating, you know, and partly this is due to a changing world um, 
we, we, you know, we don't have to go out and slay, slay um, an animal for to bring home uh, uh, to, for, for the tribe like we used to. Um, we don't have to do as much physical work because of automation and uh, robotics and everything. Um, you know, we, we can live in air-conditioned houses, whereas, you know, 100 years ago, 200 years ago, we had to put up with whatever the temperature was. You know, we can jump into an automobile these days rather than walking or riding a horse. Um, life is a lot easier now um, we, for, for men. And, you know, we can go to the store and buy, um, buy dinner. We don't have to go and hunt, hunt and gather it. Um, so, um, just to play the devil's advocate, not that I, I'm just wondering if someone was to ask you this. Because um, you mentioned that men are, modern man is getting softer um, sort of less motivated and such. Is that what yeah. you're talking about? And yeah, so imagine a modern man sort of asks the question, you know, why is, why is that a problem? Uh, I, I kind of like it. I don't see anything wrong with it, <laughs> but, but right. I mean, if I, if somebody was to tell me that, I don't know for myself, I get it. It's not the end of the world, but there's something so, I don't know, I guess liberating about, and exciting, to be honest, about taking on those masculine traits and sort of like, it's almost like you're in full bloom at that point, you know? It's almost like you're in half bloom if you're not, uh, if you're if you're a, a man leaning towards femininity and putting down your masculine traits. Yeah, so, um, again, it's, it's um, there are, I should say that I, mean, I do agree. Uh, it, I, I certainly agree with what you say. I think that the, the answer is, is kind of nuance. Um, in order to come into the fullness of our beings, we have to integrate both our masculine and feminine aspects. Modern men have become pretty successful at integrating their feminine aspects. And that gives them a certain sense of being. Uh, but they haven't reached the fullness of their potential in terms of realizing their, their masculinity. You know, some men need to learn how to cry. Other men need to learn how to stop crying. Um, you know, traditional men were told the message to them was that boys don't cry. And they were encouraged to stuff down their emotions and get the job done or, or you know, or be called a pussy. Uh, modern men, have learned the value of connecting with their pain and expressing their emotions of uh, owning up to themselves, showing their vulnerability. And the problem is that many are stuck in that modality and they don't know when to stop aimless, aimlessly emoting and then, and to start taking action despite the way that they're feeling. Which See, is important. Is, yeah, that balance is, yeah. is really important. Right. A, a man in his power is someone who knows how to master his emotions rather than being a slave to them. But he it does, And do that it, doesn't mean you don't feel, right? Right. It, it, he doesn't do it through suppressing them, but he yeah. does it through wise, wise management. Mm -hmm. um, but, I mean, men have been culturally conditioned either to be way too masculine or way too feminine. And both men and women have been hurt in many, many ways, which have adversely affected their energy bodies into a state of imbalance. And 
I, I would say primarily a man needs to feel his own it, his own masculine essence fully and to fully inhabit it. Yeah, I, you know, I completely agree. It's almost like, uh, I, I don't know, I don't know the analogy for it. We've been we've been going off about this, but, um, yeah, to to be a man, uh, fully honing in the the traits and energy that you have access to. Um, what are the steps? Like what? It, like if you start from square one, which is the complete traditionally conditioned modern man which is right. uh you know stuffing those emotions or no sorry expressing those emotions a lot um hating on masculine energy and sort of like seeing it as toxic um and you know not wanting to be that arrogant alpha male type it's weird because when you think of alpha male you think of a douche and that's yeah. a strange thing because that's obviously not what alpha is so I'm just curious, like, yeah, what are the steps? Like, what do you do? Day one, like, literally concrete, what can I do after listening to this podcast? What are <laughs> right. the, you know, physical, tangible things I can do? Well, the, the most physical, phys, phys, physical, tangible thing someone listening to this podcast can do is to buy my book. <laughs> True enough. Honestly, this, uh, it sounds like you said it was seven, eight hours of reading. I'm sure this literally has every answer. Oh, seven, seven to eight, not 78. Se yeah, seven no, that's what I meant. Seven to eight. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I'll, I'll answer your question more seriously. Um, the, the, the first thing that we need to do is to question ourselves, question our perspectives. And that means we have to come face to face with either our own inner resistance or the resistance of other people, um, as so, in other words, we have to look at how we perceive ourselves as being wrong or bad or shameful. And we have to look at other people and see how they perceive us as being wrong or bad or shameful. And um, we hold tight to these particular patternings because we're trying to avoid condemnation in our lives. This is the ego, trying to avoid condemnation, both, both self-directed both from our inner critic and also from other people and the consequences that might follow from that. You know, without consciously intervening in the process ourselves, we unawarely would pass on our, let's, let's call them toxic aspects to other people. Um, that's not, you know, um, and the quest is for freedom by breaking outside of rigid, personal, subjective realities and the thought constraints which shackle the mind. So it's important to reflect upon and discover your true nature, number one, so that you can engage with life uh, with personal integrity and authenticity. Be who you're meant to be. Honor your personal path of mastery. Uh, honor honor your, the, so your, your thoughts and your words and your actions and your intent have to match, have to be authentic, have to be um, uh, uh, integrated. You know, your unique aptitudes, that, that's the path of purpose for a man. Having the self-awareness to figure yourself out and the courage, and it is, it's courage to live that expression 
in the face of um, obstacles that are stopping you from living the expression of who you are, that true nature, which is there to be expressed. So, so it's to take sorry, I was just wondering, um, another thing that you could do would be, uh, you know, you could you list off those traits again of, of masculinity? Yeah, so um, let me see. Um, being grounded, uh, being focused, discerning, action-oriented and direct, uh, being responsible, being accountable, having strength, having clarity and intellect and um, uh, strategic, things like that. Okay, so um, I, I like the idea of maybe even just like looking at this list. I just wrote them all down. Um, and asking yourself which ones sort of resonate. Like, do you want to yes. be grounded? Do you want to be? Because as a man, I want to be all those things. Right. And is it is it because I'm a biological man? Well, you have within you a mixture of, of masculine and feminine. Yeah. So for, for those men who have a higher, uh, have a greater amount of feminine essence in them, what I would say to them is to um, take those um those traits and examine the person. So take, take the trait of being a leader, okay? I talk about this a little bit in the book. Leadership is considered a masculine trait. The first thing you need to do is lead yourself in life and um, take, take control of yourself and not, and this is where some of your listeners may, may take contention with me, but I would say to not go with the flow, um, but to explore what it is like to lead yourself. Now, leadership doesn't speak to you at least you've tried it uh but i, I would say that i mean ma many men would say that you have to have the trait of leadership in order to be a man I, I say don't worry about that just just find out is that part of my true nature is that part of my organism and if it's not just forget about it consider yeah, but, other aspects of your masculinity yeah and just make sure that there's no like biases, like uh, cultural or conditioned biases against that, for sure. Uh, I realized as well as when you when you listed off those feminine uh, traits, I resonated with a few of them, but I really uh, I didn't see myself in those shoes. Uh, so right. I I think it would be interesting if people could sit down again and get as clear and as unbiased and as objective as possible um and look at both lists and think to themselves you know which ones do i want to be um not which ones i like in others because you know i like when others are what, what were the feminine ones again if you could just list just a couple sure <laughs> like um uh let me see softness okay uh, love passivity um, receptivity, surrendering, harmony, uh, intuition, those sorts of traits. Yeah, so the also, idea of soft... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I, 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 I'm going off onto... You, you, you go first, Cameron, because I, I just had a thought occur to me. Oh, no problem. I was just going to say that, um, you know, the idea of softness. Yeah. I, I don't want to be soft. Right. Um, and it's not that I'm like rigid and like bold or whatever, but it, yeah, the idea of softness, I don't really want to be that, but I love people who are soft. Right. You know, it's like, right. yeah. So just a thought. 
Yeah, that's that's actually your masculine. And so I talk about polarity in the book and how um, masculine and, and feminine essences are, are in a sense uh, like the north and south. They're, they are they are polarized and we're attracted to those things that we are not or that which, uh, you know, women, if women are more soft and, and men more strong, we, both sexes are attracted to those qualities in each other. Neither of those qualities are superior to each other, um, but uh, there is an attraction there. But uh, in, in, let's take softness, for instance. Um, I think many men these days uh, operate from their feminine in terms of going with the flow. Now, going with the flow can be avoidance of being accountable to oneself, to one's unfolding as a discrete organism. So in the masculine context, to be purposeful and directed and skillful and confident in one's ability to direct the course of one's life, which is leadership, um, but, but doing it with sacred intent and shaping it for the higher good, all of these positive masculine attributes are rejected in favor of the feminine to surrender to whatever life presents you to go with the flow to be passive and yielding and there, uh, you know to me uh and you and people can disagree with me about this but i think it's just a more evolved way of coping uh because the world is really it's it, the the world hurts people by design so by declaring that no control is desirable and i'm just going to go with the flow it gives people a sense of being in control because hey they chose it by their own free will so they they actually do have control because i i'm just gonna throw my hands up in surrender and just accept without any discriminating awareness what comes into my life regardless yeah, of, whether, of whether it's good for me or not yeah there's a lot of fear i can tell uh in a lot of people's belief systems, I could see that it's that, you know, they're just sort of, they're like, if I go with the, I'm going with the flow because if I don't, I'm out of control. And yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't have the strength to take control. I don't feel like I'm ready to take control or whatever. There that we is. go. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, uh, moving on, I just want to, we're nearing the end. I guess we have another 10 minutes. Uh, yeah just wondering about the biological aspect, you know, because uh, you talk about leadership and leading your life and making that decision to sort of go and change things rather than going with the flow. Um, yeah. It comes with a lot of things in life. And I, I, you know, women have to do that just as much as men doing things that you don't want to do, um, doing things that hurt, but are important to do like exercise as an example, everybody needs to exercise and that, right that requires leadership um, yeah. over your own, you know, self and your own actions and doing things that are outside of uh, the comfort zone. So um, I don't know how that relates to biology or whatever, but if you could uh, just touch on that subject. Yeah. So I go into this uh, a little bit. What are the biological differences between men and women? Um, we also, so we have, we're, we, we're born a man and we're born a woman. And then we, express our true nature or not we're either in resistance to our true nature or we're we're in alignment with it um but uh the the, the so on the one hand 
masculinity is biological and on the other hand it's also sociological it's something that there are cultural norms that are that we expect from men um, so, so for instance um, we're born boys but we have to claim manhood and masculinity is in constant pursuit and defense of manhood now girls they, they don't have that same journey they, they don't have to claim womanhood in the way that a man has to claim manhood um, there's in our society a man has to constantly that there's this constant expectation that he has to defend and assert his manhood either subtly like you know how confidently he speaks how he holds his body if it's a confidently held body or you know how he takes action in the world you know like traditional men you know they might fight for their honor um you know so so or be interested in fast cars or mma or um you know getting drunk or whatever um you know that that's a claim on masculinity as to how he handles his liquor how he takes a beating um women don't have that journey so there's something profoundly impermanent about male identity because it's judged by other men and other women as to how we live our lives um you know some some men it doesn't really matter they don't they don't care about their masculinity uh, uh, and how how important how much importance they place on it is really negligible and some men you know they they bridle if their masculinity is questioned oh yeah um, definitely so you know traditionally um the traditionally boys were given rites of passage for instance by in societies um which and these days we really really don't have much rites of passage and they're essentially the the tra transition from childhood to adulthood um nowadays um there's no guidance uh, modern boys are not mentored into adult life and so um they just go with the flow they they go with whatever the current zeitgeist is um, and they're not taught certain things that they need to, to know about um, like how to connect with a woman how to uh, relate with the way that she relates with him how to hold firm to his boundaries with her without becoming defensive or offensive uh, yeah, actually, the way the way you put that, I, I see most modern relationships being, you know, these two feminine energies clashing, right? And uh, and and there yeah. is a very important balance because, you know, if there's two, sort of, I don't know, like the idea of, uh, a man who's constantly like needing needy and uh insecure and stuff like that not that women are like that but right. i think they enjoy the reach you know and, and i've seen that time and time again i don't know how much you know about sort of like relationships and stuff like that um could you touch on that actually yeah so um let me see so women are attracted to certain generally speaking uh, women are attracted to masculine energy. So if men are not exhibiting traditional masculine traits, there is less, um, 
less polarity there and less potential for those women to be attracted to those men. At the same time, modern women are calling for men to express more of their feminine traits. And so you have this, dis society is very discordant because women are asking for softer men, more passive men, men who are more in touch with their feelings, uh, men who are more like women. Why do you think so that is? It's because, um, yeah, there's so much to say here. We've got four minutes to say it. In. Oh, that's uh, a good point. I, that's a good point. <laughs> I, uh, I go into it quite extensively in the book, but essentially um, it stems from um, feminism and how women have been conditioned to compete with men, not in terms of being a woman, but in terms of women being men. They're competing with masculinity. So they see, when they look at men, they don't see a man and they don't see a woman. They just see a person and there's no distinction made between men and women. Yeah, so yeah. That's actually they, a good point. It's, sorry. Is, uh, unconsciously, they're treating men as women because they're a woman and they know what it's like to be a woman. So they're treating men uh, as yeah. simply a hairy woman. But <laughs> doing it as well, men are basically treating women as curvy men. Yeah. Yeah, it's like two sides of the coin fighting each other, yet yeah. they're they're not even on the same sort of like. I don't. It's like they're complete. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Okay, so with only three minutes left, I guess we were gonna dive into sort of like relationships and such, but that's okay. Maybe we can talk again in the future. Yeah, um, I'd love to. I do want to um, tell my audience that if they are interested in these subjects, if you're a young man or a young woman and you wanna know more about the conscious man and i guess all of these what you say feminine myths and narratives there's uh the idea of the modern man and traditional man and stuff like that and oh i guess you have a lot you have so much in this book it's it's unbelievable you have like trauma and um and you know wounding. the yeah and and wounding and all of that so yeah, yeah if you're interested in these things definitely check out his book i'll, I'll have your book um available in the description so, um, yeah, I guess if you want to end it on any note, what would that note be? Yeah, thank you. Um, ultimately, I want to create a world where men and women are comfortable living with each other. I also want to create a world where um, our human potential is maximized. And that means um, a different sort of society that we're living in now. Um, you know, we, we, we have a choice. Either we can make ourselves fit into this degraded world that we find ourselves in, a world which has little to no regard for our true nature as human beings, or we reshape it to reflect our true natures, the true natures of men and women. So uh, we need to come together around creating a world for fully functional, fully integrated, fully uh, realized individuals as the premise for coexistence. Um, and that's, that's really the conclusion of my book is to, um, I talk a lot about how we can look at ourselves and it, I talk about self-authorship, how we author our own true nature and express our, the truest version of ourselves. But we can only do so in a world which fosters the development of that true nature. And mm -hmm. since the world doesn't do that, 
we also have to look at how we change the world as well, which is kind of why it's a long book, um, because it's a very, very, life is a deep analytical puzzle. And um, I, I, I have to write a long, a long book in order to explain what the main obstacles and pressures are and for how men can over, overcome those pressures. Awesome. I've, I had a really good conversation with you. I appreciate you reaching out and I'm excited to dive more into your book. So I appreciate it. Thank you. It's been it's wonderful talking to you, Cameron. I, I really appreciate the time we spent together. No problem.